is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lovecast. In today's episode, we are going to be drafting every single pick of the first round. To start, me and Letty are going to go back and forth drafting picks 1 through 15, and then Jordan is going to come on and draft picks 16 through 30. And then finally, after that, we are going to do a quick two-minute segment on the Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Celtics trade. All right, I am here with Letty, and we are going to be drafting the picks 1 through 15 of the first round of the 2023 NBA draft. This is an extremely interesting draft, and it's a draft class that I've slowly fallen in love with as we've done the, our research and our analysis on the various players. Um, there's really a, any type of player you can think of is in this draft. You have elite athletes who can't shoot. you got your more traditional big not big guys. You've got um, athletes with tremendous upside that are very raw. you got you know your traditional guards that are playmakers. you got just about everything. And I think it's a very intriguing draft, and I'm very excited to cover it with you, Letty. So Letty is going to have the odd picks. So that's going to be picks one, three, five, seven, you know, all those. And I'm going to have the even picks, two, four, six, et cetera. So, I mean, first pick, you don't have to go super long on this one, but go ahead with your first flip, pick. Flip it. You go, you do odd, I'll do even. You go oh, with shit. that? I picked, e- I picked for evens, fuck. I okay, fuck it. I'll do odd. I got it. Okay, okay, okay. So, obviously, we're going Wemby number one to the Spurs. Do I really have to touch on this guy? Nah, like He's I mean, incredible generational talent. Everyone's heard about Wemby. Yeah, so, the draft really starts at number two. Everyone knows that Wemby's going. Um, I'm obsessed with him. I think, barring injury, he could be one of the greatest, if not the greatest basketball player of all time. So, uh, Wemby, number one to the Spurs, great pick. Number two, the Hornets. I'm going Scoot Henderson out of the G League night. He's a guard. The Hornets are a bad basketball team. They should be in the market for the player with the highest upside. And the idea of pairing Scoot alongside LaMelo makes a lot of sense to me. I think they complement each other very well. Scoot is a very good off-ball player as well as LaMelo, and both of these guys are great facilitators. Scoot has this intense mindset of a star, and he has really high or tremendous upside, and I'm just extremely impressed with him. Um, He's an explosive, flailing athlete with a tight dribble who gets to the rim with ease. He's a creative finisher, an intense driver with a great NBA body weight-wise and physique size. He's a little bit short. I love his persona, his work ethic, and his intensity. He has sh- solid shooting mechanics and has shown small improvements in his shooting from deep. He rises to the occasion and would be a number one pick, I think, in any other year without Wemby. Um, some cons, he shoots some bad shots. Uh, he's not super efficient shooting-wise. On ball, he takes risks, risks and he gambles a little too often. And he commits turnovers when trying to make highlight real passes. And... Um, this is something I stole directly from the ringer. Uh, they do shades of instead of player comps. And I mm-hmm. like that way better because player comps are, are honestly stupid. There's no players that are the exact same type. So shades mm-hmm. of kind of incorporates different elements of players. So for me, he has shades of Donovan Mitchell, um, just the intensity and ferocity that he plays with Russell Westbrook with the athleticism, intensity, and ferocity, and then Colin Sexton kind of with the same idea as all three of those guys. So to me, Scoot is the pick here. I think Brandon Miller is a really, really good player, but I think Scoot Henderson has really, really high upside, and I think he would be the best pick for the Hornets. I definitely agree with you. I do think the Hornets are absolutely in love with LaMelo Ball, and I think that 
they think they're closer to winning than they actually are. So yes, I saw some reports coming out that they're probably drafting Brandon Miller. I know MJ has the last eye on it as his last shtick as an owner. Yeah. Um, I love Scoot Henderson. Like you said, NBA ready, 6'2", 195, 6'9", 6'10", wingspan, plays above the rim. Um, I know that his shooting seems like a little bit of an issue, but he gives me flashes of uh, De'Aaron Fox a little bit. And De'Aaron Fox shot yeah, 30% from three in college the whole time. And now De'Aaron's got this nice fluid mid-range jumper that he can go to when he gets defenders downhill. Um, and Scoot's a good free throw shooter, surprisingly, too. So mm-hmm. means the mechanics are there, which means he could develop a jump shot. And if that guy develops a jump shot and he's a three-level scorer with that athleticism, he's going to be a problem, dude. Couldn't agree more. Um, all right. So pick number three to Portland. That leaves me with Brandon Miller, who's he's actually pretty awesome. I like him. Mm-hmm. 6'9, 200, seven foot wingspan, uh, averaged almost 20 this year, 44% from three, seven for uh, three for seven attempts per game, got eight rebounds a game and a block per game. Um, what I don't like about him is his finishing. He doesn't convert well when he's in the paint against those tall seven-footers, 6'10 guys. He only shot 46% at the rim. And he is a little bit older of a rookie. Not that old. He's still 21, so he's still young, but just a little bit older than those guys like Scoot and the Thompson brothers. Um, Let me see. He could shoot off pin downs. You could really play him off ball. Like, he can come off screens. Nice fluid motion. Um. And he actually, I was really impressed with his passing. Yeah. Off pick and roll situations, throwing like bullet passes cross court, like hitting his defenders, uh, hitting his teammates in shooting pockets. I was very impressed with that. And, and the oops. What'd you say? The alley oops that he was throwing. I was really impressed yeah. with those. Yeah. No, and um, we'll touch on the center later that Alabama has. That's really good. Um, But yeah, being a secondary playmaker, taking some of the stress off of Dame obviously, because they shut down calls on Dame. Um, I think it'd be really good. I think he's going to be very good. It just depends. It just depends where he goes and if they develop him correctly, because I've seen players with all the talent in the world, like Kevin Knox, who we thought was going to be the next KD. Yeah. He had every tool you could think of, and the guy was just a flop. So we'll see. But I'm excited to see what Brandon Miller does. I was a big Kevin Knox guy myself. Um <clears throat> Yeah, so Brandon Miller, I said he has the least questions about what he can do right now just because of his body, and he's pretty exceptional just about every aspect except for the fi- the finishing part. Um, elite shooter and playmaker, exceptional dribbling for his size, uh, really impressive low post, high post, and paint passing, and holds a very interesting passing vision that is often not seen from a guy his position and age, um, and then the alley-oop pa- passing. Uh, right now, off the dribble, cons-wise, he's a one-speed bicycle. He does his move, and then he goes, but he does not have to, this like second gear that he can really kick into, I notice. Kind of stays in that one speed. If he can get that, then it's over. Um, he's going to be really good. Um, I think he can add that second gear, so watch out for that. He is pretty skinny, so he's going to need to add some muscle and strength to his frame and avoid being pushed around. I had shades of Paul George's skill set with Jaden McDaniel's body because he's pretty much like the exact same size as Jaden McDaniels. Did you see what he said about the GOAT conversation? Yeah, yeah he said Paul George is better than LeBron. I don't I know. Mean, come on. Get your head out of your ass, Brandon Miller. 
yeah, that was kind of a crazy. That was that was a crazy uh, take there. I I don't know where he was going with that one, but I mean, good for him, I guess, for trying to get uh, I don't know, some draft day hype or something. But um, yeah, that's a great pick there for the Trailblazers. I wish they would actually do that. Um, I think what'll end up happening is they'll end up taking Scoot, and I don't like that because then you have Anthony Simons, Shade and Sharp, Scoot, and Dame Lillard, and I think yeah. he kind of gets buried on that roster. So, um. I would like for them, honestly, at number three to take Amen Thompson. Um, mm. I think that'd be super interesting because he doesn't have a jumper. So you can have him on fit in as a guard with those other players and, you know, really lead the pack. And he doesn't need to shoot and take shots away from other guys. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that's an interesting pick. But the Rockets are number four. And as I mentioned before, Amen Thompson. I'm I'm higher on Asar than Amen personally because of the shooting. But okay. the idea of the ball going off of the rim and getting rebounded by either Tari Eason, Jabari Smith, Amen Thompson, or Jalen Green, and then the tra- transition offense that would happen right after that is just insane yeah. to me. Um, it brings a tear to my eye, really, out of happiness. And you add in a head coach in Ime that has the mindset that is perfect for Amen. I think they're, they would get along great. And you have yourself one of the most entertaining an interesting athletic young teams in the entire league um, for Amen as a, just as an athlete, uh, 99th percentile. Ath- I said 99th percentile Zion Williamson, Russell Westbrook and John Morant level athlete. Um, Amen will probably be the best athlete on the floor in most games in the NBA. He has elite control over his body and his speed and knows how to use his start and stop speed, which is out of this world. He's a ball mover, not a holder and has really good passing vision and creativity. He's good at getting plays going and initiating movement in, into the offense. He's creative, um, slashing finisher finisher that absorbs contact and hangs in the air with the best of them. He's a very good lockdown on-ball defender and excels in the open floor on transition with speed, creativity, and explosiveness. Like Asar, Amen has a nose for where the ball will go off of the rim and is really good at getting put-back dunks and or rebounds off of a miss. Um Amen's mechanics on his jumper are worse than his brother's. He leans to the right a bit on his jumper's base, and then his shooting hand flares to the right in his shot follow-through. He also catches the ball low and wastes movement, bringing the ball up rather than catching it higher, more at his chest with the less movement wasted. He kind of catches it at his lower sternum rather than at his chest. Um, Mm -hmm. For his player comp, I said shades of Ja Morant and Cam Reddish's body with a lower three-point percentage than Giannis because he shoots like 27%. Okay. Yeah. I like but that's all man right there. All right. Um for Detroit for the fifth pick in the draft. I'm going with Taylor Hendricks, the power center at a UCF. Um 15 points per game. He's 6'9, 6'10, 7'3 wingspan. Uh almost shot 40% from three this year. Shot 80% from the line. Um, if you look at the Pistons roster right now, they have ball dominant players in Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham that the NBA really wants to see develop. I want to see them develop as a player. I think Cade is all the talent world. I think complementing those two guys with someone like Taylor Hendricks who could run as a stretch four and really space the floor so they could get in the lane and do what they're doing would be very beneficial to them. Um, also, besides the shooting, Hendricks is a good finisher, and he's actually confident enough to put the ball on the ground a little bit and attack closeouts, one dribble, two dribble pull-ups. Um, 
he's not a great passer and can have streaky touch at times, but I really like what he did last year. Um, and also, I'm kind of done with I'm done with Marvin Bagley. I don't yeah. think he's I don't think he's going to be good. I think Taylor Hendricks is a guy you could bring in on a rookie contract. Um, he actually he moves well in the perimeter and can defend, which Marvin Bagley cannot do and gets picked apart for it. And then. At center, they have James Wiseman. So that would be a very exciting, like you said, like the Rockets are flashy, kind of fun, fast energy um, offense. Yeah, I like I like Hendricks. Yeah, that's a great pick. Um, I think Taylor Hendricks is rising up the board for a lot of teams. And I think this is such a fun pick for the Pistons. Um, he's really a plug and play guy. And the only real con I have against him is like, he seems a little bit offensively with his limited offensively with his dribbling like it's not elite he doesn't have a ton of dribble moves and mm-hmm. i think that adding him to a pistons team with Cade cunningham manning manning the team you don't need to be super ball dominant you can kind of you know be your release valve for Cade cunningham or jane ivy and that's a perfect yeah, play, role for him play pick and pop offense too, spread the floor like i like it a lot Exactly. And then the defense he brings, I mean, this guy just has a nose for shot blocking. It's ridiculous. I mean, the way that he can time his blocks and his jumps are insane. And it's not just uh, chase down blocks either. It's, um, you know, hanging in the air and getting just impressive athleticism based blocks. So I really like that pick there. Taylor Hendricks is a very good player and I think is going to be would be an awesome pick for the Pistons. Um, I didn't know he would... would probably be Miles Turner. I, I had such say. a hard time. That's a that's okay. That's an interesting one. Like a smaller Miles Turner. I had a really hard time with his player comp. Um, I I so I saw like shades of um. There was a couple of different things that I didn't want to put because I didn't like I wasn't there for it. But they said Clifford Robinson and Jeremy Grant. I kind of see the Jeremy Grant one, but I think Jeremy Grant has more dribbling skills than um than Taylor Hendricks. And I have no idea who Clifford Robinson is, but. Yeah, I have no idea who the fuck that guy is. But um I, I really was having a tough time with Taylor Hendricks because he's six eight, but he plays like a big man because he kind of played center for the most of his life. So I don't know. Um he's definitely he has like a modern day five skill set, but at six eight, but that's kind of yeah. feels like it's not doing him justice because he is really awesome. So I feel like he plays a little taller than he actually is too. With yeah, that. exactly. So I don't know who to do shades of. It's almost like I don't know. But, but yeah, great pick there. I think he's going to be really good. I think he fits in really well with the Pistons. Um, my pick for the Magic and my kind of reasoning behind this Magic pick, I didn't actually think this guy was going to be here, so I'll take him. Um, but like the the way that I described this pick for the Magic is that they should probably move it. Um, they're they're there. They've got everything they need. They what they need is a solid young young guy or I guess someone who's ready kind of, to be kind of plug and play. Um, I think the Magic trade this pick, but if they do not, I think they should take the best available. The Magic have a solid young guy or young future star at just about every position. So what they need to do is acquire veterans and make a run. That being said, if they do keep the pick, I think they take the best available or take a chance on someone with high upside that might be a slight reach. So I'm giving them Asar Thompson from Overtime Elite. He is um, my favorite of the Thompson twins, even though Amen is fucking awesome as well. Asar is just really, really good. Uh, he's a 90th percentile athlete, so not quite 
as athletic as his brother. He's got elite ball handling, elite finishing from either hand. His start-stop speed is really good as well. He's an elite slashing guard who gets to the rim with ease. He has intense lockdown on and off-ball defense, um, and he has he hustles and has a ton of grit. He has much more natural-looking shot and shot mechanics and has gotten better shooting-wise, but still needs to improve there. His passing is very impressive with great vision and threading the needle abilities and awesome alley-oop passing. He also has a nose for where the ball will go off the rim and is really good at getting put-back dunks and or rebounds off of a miss. Um, his biggest con is inconsistent shooting. Free throw shooting percentage is often indicative of shooting mechanics and potential improvement. And Asar is only shooting 67% from the charity stripe, so that's not great. Um, he also takes unnecessary chances at times with passing. And this, along with a slightly loose handle, leads to turnover issues for him. Um, I put shades of, and then it was derozan athleticism and three-point shooting ability with a Cam Reddish body and Mike Conley passing. I don't know if that makes sense, but because like he's it. not, yeah, because like DeRozan's not. DeRozan's a great athlete. He's like a 90th percentile athlete, not a hundred percentile. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so I think he fits. I think he fits really well with the Magic and what they're trying to do. But realistically, I think this pick gets traded. I, I love the Magic wings though. Yeah, I love and Paolo, and. Weirdly, I like Wendell Carter a lot, especially for the. I content. love Wendell Carter too. He's solid. Um, which is why I'm kind of leaning for Orlando to go guard here, mm. and I know they have, um, and I who he does have crazy upside, great athleticism, um, and his mid range jumper isn't bad anymore. I think they're like a nice scoring point guard away from making a, a play and run. Yeah, which is why. I kind of had Keontae George fly up my draft board at six. Dude, mm-hmm. when I saw this guy play for the first time, I was fucking in love with him. Like, um, yeah. I gave comparisons to like Donovan Mitchell around there, like a dynamic scoring guard. Like Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal around there. Like, but he handles it well off picks, like his ability to snake dribble off the pick and hit a shot. Um, three level scorer can score from anywhere and get fucking hot and fill it up. Um, solid size too. He's like six four, six five. I really like him. I think he's one of the. I think he's the he's the deepest bag in the draft as a guard. Um, I do think he's the most skilled. And I just think he's a dynamic scorer. And I would really love to see. Like before we did this pod, I said I'm really excited for Orlando this year in the draft. I think. I think they would be in a very good spot if they took this kid. Yeah, I think so too. Um, who's your pick for number seven with the Pacers? For seven? So I originally had Cam Whitmore there. Um, Cam Whitmore, his strengths, he's 6'6", six, 6'9", six, six, wingspan. Um, great off-ball player. Yeah, obviously, insane athleticism. Uh, can play like possibly in the dunker spot as – like uh maybe a PJ Tucker type player like in the yeah. corner, Tucker. Um, fit his finishing is great. He's strong as hell. He seems unbothered by players when they're in front of him, and when when he gets in the paint, he finishes off a two, which I really like. And I like him better than uh Jarris Walker for that reason. I feel like Jarris mm-hmm. Walker similar build to Cam Whitmore, but Cam Whitmore is a little more under control in the paint when it comes to finishing, while Jarris kind of throws up like a clunky floater at times. Um. 
and he's a good catch and catch and shoot player in rhythm, very smooth mechanics. So I really love Cam Whitmore. I know he's had some issues with his physicals. Teams are starting to look into I think his foot's banged up and maybe his hip too. Yeah. And I saw um a notification from Bleacher Report saying that Jarris isn't gonna go below pick seven. Mm. So I maybe Indiana likes Jarris a little better than I do, but um I think Cam Whitmore is explosive. I think he's gonna be really good. I think he's strong. I think he's his body is league ready. Um and I really think the sky's the limit for this kid. Yeah, Cam Whitmore is a good pick. I'm a I'm a Cam Whitmore guy. Um I, I like I think I like him more than um Taylor Hendricks, which I know it's probably not that's kinda of, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I think you're either a Taylor Hendricks or a Cam Whitmore guy, honestly. Um, Whitmore just doesn't pass the ball ever. He never passes. But the intensity that he brings um, is really impressive. I think he fits in nicely with the Pacers because you have Tyrese Halliburton manning the show there. So he, he can he's more than willing to pass it to Cam Whitmore and get him set up where he needs to be. So I think that's a good relationship there. And power forward is really the only position that they need to draft for because... I mean, they really have, like the other young teams that are good, they have like a lot of solid players at every position except for power forward. So that's a really good pick there. I was going to pick him for um, the Wizards at, for the next pick because I thought, I think that's like such a perfect pick for them. Um, I mean, they're terrible. They're picking best available with highest upside because they're awful and they just need to start rebuilding. So they really... They're, yeah, they're getting rid of everyone, and they're just going to um, fill out their team. And, yeah, so I think they're picking be best available, which uh, would be – which I thought was going to be Cam Whitmore. It's not. That's fine. I'm going to do um, Buck, Buffkin out of Michigan. I'm, I'm trying to find his first name right now. It's I don't know why Kobe. I can't. Yeah, Kobe Buffkin. Yeah, Kobe Buffkin out of Michigan. Sorry, I have like six Google Doc tabs open right now. Um yeah, here he is. Kobe Bufkin out of Michigan, an elite defender and two-way player. On defense, Bufkin is extremely active on and off the ball. He gets a ridiculous amount of pickpocket steals and chase down blocks. He's an elite highlight real defender and finisher and is extremely fast. And he's also a very good playmaker and passer. Um, his cons is that he plays too fast for himself and makes bad passes. And it's pretty skinny with a slight frame, so he needs to get a more consistent jumper. But this guy is one guy that I really became obsessed with um, through this process. I think he's going to be someone that's like really high uh, potential, all-star potential. Potential. So I really um, like this this guy as a prospect. Um, the shades of Tyrese Maxey scoring, speed, and excitement with Jordan Poole's slippery movements and passing turnovers. Um, the way he moves kind of reminds me of Jordan Poole. Uh, and then his passing turnovers reminds me of Jordan Poole, but he's he's smarter than Jordan Poole for sure. Um, and then they both went to Michigan. So, um, yeah, Kobe Bufkin for the Wizards. I think either that or um, Cam Whitmore are is a steal for them because that's a guy with you know potential, at least like relative potential star power. I don't know if I don't know if that's a little bit over exaggerated, but at least all star power. So um, that's my pick. Who are you picking ninth at the Jet for the Jazz? After that, so I had <clears throat> I had Anthony Black going to the Jazz. I think they're in a similar position. Yeah. Um, Washington, what you just said, like best player available. Um, 
I have faith in Danny Ainge to make the right decision. If Anthony Black is still there, I think he'll take him. Um, they don't really have anyone to build around. Like Lloyd Markinen's their only all-star type, borderline all-star type player. Um, but Anthony Black's he's awesome. Six seven, two hundred pounds, seven foot wingspan. Um, very good passer, very good in the pick and roll, great handle and great change of direction, which keeps defenders off balance. Um, sneaky athleticism off of one foot. I feel like he's a little more developed. Um and he's kind of a mix of Lamelo and Josh Giddy, like those taller, yeah. quick um, point guards. Great cutter. Uh, he's got a good feel on defense. He's got active hands, and he can really affect the game on defense. Um, shoots seventy percent from the line, so I think he can he can have a a solid jump shot down the line. I do think he got a little casual with the ball. Uh, from what I've seen, the film I've seen, I think a weakness is protecting the ball. He's got to get stronger um, and stop turning the ball over. But yeah. I think he's and he's got good potential. That's a great pick for the Jazz there. Um, I think he uh, he's like a a top nine, um, just big board guy. So getting him at nine is like ideal for the Jazz. Um, I like that pick a lot. My pick number ten is pretty obvious. I mean, the Mavericks are definitely looking to be trading this pick, but if they don't. They need to find a plug a plug and play player who's ready to go right away to give Luca help. And those types of players that work with Luca is a three a D catch and shoot player who can also cut. So I mean, we're going with guard Grady Dick out of Kansas. I think it's the most obvious pick here. Um he's a plug and play guy. He can play right now. Uh he's an elite three and D guy. Not elite defense, but getting there pretty good. Um, really good shooter, good cutter. Uh, I think he fits really well with what the Mavs are trying to do here. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Grady Dick, but realistically, I think this pick gets traded. Okay. Yeah, I like Grady Dick there, especially with the Mavericks and Luka. Yeah. Uh, so then Orlando at 11. Um, I know I was kind of singing Wendell Carter's praises before, but I really like Noah Clowney, that center from yeah, he's good. Alabama that I was talking about. Dude, he's awesome. Great timing on blocks from behind. He shot 28% from three, which sounds horrible, but his if you look at his form, his mechanics are there, um, and it's very consistent, so I like him. I think really whether he can develop a three ball or not kind of makes or breaks his career and taking that next step into the upper echelon of players in the NBA. Um, he's a guy who you could put in like pick-and-pop situations like that, which is nice for Paolo or Franz. Um and he shot almost 68% from the rim this year. So he's effective at the rim, great finisher. Um, and he could, he's also put the ball on the floor a little bit and attack. So he kind of – he does a little bit of everything. What I don't like about him, uh, he plays a little high up in his stance. He can get lower on defense. He kind of gets toyed on the perimeter. But, I mean, what big man really doesn't? Like Rudy Gobert was yeah. deep and that guy. You could run circles around him on the perimeter. Um He's not really that strong and kind of gets ran through by bully ball players. Like if he was to match up with a Julius Randle, Julius would kind of just put his shoulder into his chest and go right through him. Um, and then, yeah, he's a streaky shooter, but mechanics are there, like I said. But I think he's possibly the best center in the draft over, um, I Derek guess, Clark. Taylor. Center or Lively. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. I I actually think I fucking love this pick. I am. I mean, especially if Wendell Carter ends up, you know, you end up moving on from him or whatever. Um, that's a great or Jonathan Isaac never comes back, which is in play because he never plays. So, um, I do think that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this is a great pick. I really like Noah Clowney. Um, number 12, Thunder. This is, again, my other very obvious Thunder pick. But the Thunder, like the Magic, have a solid young guy or young future star just at about every position. So what they need to do is acquire veterans and make a run. That being said, if the Thunder keep this pick, I think they're drafting for upside, high upside in length. They've been building with these um, really tall, long players that can, you know, handle the ball if you look at it i mean like you have sga as your point guard josh giddy uh lou door isn't exact doesn't necessarily fit that mold exactly but then you have chet you really can tell uh usman diang like they're they're looking for these guys that are super long lanky and kind of honestly like alien like um and what better guy than forward slash guard balal koulibaly um uh, from the metropolitans 92 victor Wenbanyama's teammate um this guy's like six seven with uh something insane wingspan. I think it's like yeah, it's a seven foot two wingspan and he's six foot seven, which is absurd. Um, he's just super athletic, super long and lanky, fun to watch. He has some shooting to him as well. Um, shades of a smaller Victor Wimbanyama to me, honestly. Just just uh the way that his body looks. Um, he looks like a smaller Victor Wimbanyama because he's super long and lanky and skinny. Um I think he's one of those high IQ guys that you can put in and he works really well with um, what they're trying to do at OKC. I think he's got strength there defensively as well. Um, he's an explosive at-rim finisher and he's a good straight-line driver. Um, he kind of changes. He's got the European game to him where he knows how to use his... He has good footwork and knows how to use his speed. Um, he's not a great ball handler and he's not a great shooter. He kind of gets a little streaky here and there but he i do think he has a good um shot mechanics going on so yeah Bala koulibaly i think he's going to be a obvious thunder player for sure yeah he's got to be so much upside um and he's a walking paint touch too his first yeah. burst his first step is uh second to none all right toronto with the 13th pick i'm going so guards that we took off the board like that I guess Keontae George and Kobe Bufkin. Um, I think Toronto should draft a guard, so I'm going to go Kassan Wallace for them. He's a Drew Holiday type player. Um, was one of the best defenders in the NCAA this year, uh, and showed that he kind of has a deep bag too. Three level scorer. Um, has a nice pull up game. Can get to the rim with some sneaky athleticism, but um. He's a very good defender. He's Did you take Keontae George yet? I took Keontae, or I threw him out there at six. I thought you took, wait, at six. For the oh, Magic. But I took, I, that was my pick. I took Asar. So Keontae's still on the board if you want him. What, but, uh, mm, eh, I, wanna, I already talked about him. I want to talk about Kassan. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I think he's good. Um, get Drew Holiday comparisons, like, great defender and they put up similar numbers in college like Hassan only averaged 12 this year I think Drew Alday averaged like nine points but he still got drafted like 
uh, I think Drew got drafted 17th to the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially late in his career, Drew has developed a lot, and that's what's made Milwaukee so good and their core so stable is his very solid point guard play. Like, he's a threat to score too, but also he's locking down your best player on defense. Um, yeah. So for Toronto, a team that's still kind of trying to hold it together here, people think they're going to run it back with that same core. I think Kassan could come in and make an immediate impact on their team, um, whether he's playing bench minutes after Fred Van Vliet is sucking one game and, and he gets a shot. Um, I think he could be he could make an immediate impact. Yeah, I like I like Kaysan Wallace. I think I think he's really um solid and I actually like him more than Keontae George too. I just think the the foot with Kaysan and the injuries have really been why he's dropping down the board, but I think he's a perfect pick for the Raptors, especially if Van Vliet leaves. Um you got a younger guy that can really he's a good playmaker and he's got a high IQ and um I like the defense the defense rather from him. Um, and he's just a, like I said, really good playmaker, uh, and pretty pretty solid measurable six two uh, height, six eight wingspan. Um, but he's just super good defensively, both on yeah. ball and off ball. And then the catch and shoot, he's got this like really solid feel for the game, playmaking IQ, everything you said. So I I do like him better than Keontae George, anyways. Um, so great pick there for Toronto. I think that's like an ideal pick for them. For the Pelicans, I said that this pick was a blessing for them because they're they're supposed to be contenders and they they should be. Um, so it's a blessing that they even have this pick. They could use a facilitator or a solid big to back up for Valanciunas because I'm not a huge Jackson Hayes guy. I think he's pretty raw still, and I don't know. He's he's getting up there. He's been in the league for like two or three years now. Um, so I think they can get a better player. And I was gonna take um Kaysan Wallace, but obviously you grabbed him, and I think he would be really good for the Pelicans. So I'm gonna take um. Derek Lively, the second out of Duke. Um, Jordan's good. Yeah, Jordan will be pissed. I he I think he asked us specifically not to do this, but fuck him. Um, I I what? What are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? I loved um Derek Lively. I think or love currently Derek Lively. He is he's a fun. He's just a fun, versatile big guy. Great rim protector. He's huge, seven one with a seven seven wingspan. Great finisher. He has really nice hands. Like he can catch just about anything. He's got a massive wingspan. Um, he did. They, there wasn't a bunch of pick and roll being run at Duke, but I mean, he still made it work. He has he has a pretty good playmaking. Um, but he doesn't have a ton of low post skill. Um, he can. I think he can develop into a little bit of a three point threat here. Um, he's good at like shooting corner threes. Great at running the floor. Um, he just. Sometimes it's a little soft, but I think being with hopefully an in shape Zion, but probably not, or at least being behind Jonas Valanciunas, he can play, he can learn how to play like a stronger big man and get more aggressive. Um, he needs to get a little bit better defensively, but again, with those guys, I think that'll happen. And yeah, they said, I, I think they have shades. Kevin O'Connor put shades of Mitchell Robinson because of the height and wingspan, and I see that as well. I think this is a great pickup for the Pelicans at the spot that they get him at. Also, I want to talk about the Pelicans really quickly. Yeah. If Zion's playing and he's healthy, who matches up better with the Denver Nuggets than the Pelicans do? I know. That's actually a good point. I didn't even think of that. 
size. They have the wings. They have Zion as like a roamer. If you want to throw, like you said, like a Derek Lively on Jokic or Jackson Hayes or Jonas Valanciunas. And then they have guard scoring as a threat and they're complete on offense. I really like them. If Zion can just stop stuffing his fucking face, I think they'd be really good. Yes, I I think you're I think you're fucking right. Who are you taking fifteen for the Hawks? All right, last pick of the lottery. I'm gonna go. I don't think we took Jarese Walker yet, did we? Nope. We didn't touch him. I think. I mean, I don't think he falls this far. I think people see something in him, like a a Draymond Green type player. That yes, I've seen flashes of. Like he has very high IQ. Some of the passes that he was making in the paint, like tip passes yeah as like alley-oops they were um i like him he's got he's strong he's got some nice touch around the rim um and he also he doesn't have a bad mid-range game like he could put it on the floor a little bit and get to his fadeaway and the mechanics are there he wasn't that effective this year um obviously great on defense a brick shithouse and like i said just a Kind of like a Draymond, like a, a small ball four that you could put yeah. around. I don't know. I guess Trey, if you want to compare Trey to Steph a little bit and then yeah. DeJounte to play. Um, so, yeah, that, I think him and Atlanta would be a good fit. Yeah, I mean, they're just – they got a draft best available at this point because they don't really need any more young guys on this team. They're trying to make a run or something. So, great pick there. Um, I think great draft for the both of us. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with Jordan, and we'll do picks 16 through 30 for the rest of the first round. All right, we're back. Me and Jordan are going to be doing picks 16 through 30 of the first round of the NBA draft. So the first pick, well, I guess the 16th pick, rather, is the Jazz. Uh, As we already talked about with Letty, the only position they are really set at is center with uh, Walker Kessler. Um, I I think they'd be willing to move just about anyone else on that team, including Colin Sexton. So the Jazz here will be t- will be drafting the best available, and to me, the best available is Keontae George out of Baylor. This guy is a scoring machine, one of the better shooters in the draft. I don't think he's the best shooter in the draft, but I do think he is, uh, like second best. He is, he just scores at will. Um, he's out of Baylor. He's a very interesting prospect. I I'm I'm a big fan of him. Uh, he's got he can just shred the defense. He has really good playmaking and really intense defense. Um. He's got very high upside, shades of Bradley Beal and Jaden Hardy, according to KOC, which I see that as well. Um, also sort of sort of Dame Lillardy shades of with the shoot with the shooting. Um, he's just really good at shooting threes, and then he gets to the paint, and he has a lot of mid range pull ups, floaters. Um, he's very crafty as a playmate as a player, and just getting his shots off. Um, and yeah, I think he's he's just the best available. So the Jazz pick him up and kind of go from there. Um, I don't think they're really drafting for fit at this point because they're just drafting best available. So, Jordan, who's your pick at 17 to your favorite team, the the Los Angeles Lakers? Hey, 17. I know I was supposed to be prepared for this, but now I'm looking at my board and there's two guys I want to take. Both of them are massive reaches. I'm going to stick with the guy I've written down, and that is Jordan Hawkins out of UConn. I think... Yeah. The Lakers need shooting. Hawkins proved he can shoot the shit out of the ball. He's a good ball handler. He can create for himself at times, too. I think the Lakers desperately need shooting. I I think this guy can come in and impact the game pretty quickly. And 
that's pretty much it. He's he's slated to go a lot later in this mock draft. I think Kevin O'Connor has him 21. Yeah, he yeah. has him 21 going to the Nets. I like the Lakers taking him here. They they need shooting. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is a good pick. I, you can kind of reach for them because they're contenders, so they don't need to pick like a ton of young guys. They, they can just yeah, they reach. can take risks. Yeah, they can take a bunch of risks. Um, so that's I I thought along these lines for my next pick, which was the Heat pick. Um, the Heat desperately need scoring of any kind, and that's their first priority. And then based on the board, if scoring is not available, then Bam insurance at big is also something they can look to address. Um, I think a lot of that's available, but to me. I think the first pick. I, th- I think they should take uh, the guard Jet Howard out of Michigan. This guy is the one that I think is the best shooter in the draft. Um, he is ridiculous. He is the son of Jawan Howard. Um, he's just his whole thing is that he can shoot out of his fucking mind. And the only downside with him really is that he's slow. He's not an elite athlete, and he kind of gets caught on defense a ton flat-footed because he's kind of slow and his lateral quickness is really an issue um and then he also you can see he kind of gets switched up uh on switches he gets a little lost um he's Desmond Bainish because his wingspan isn't listed I've been trying to find it and it's rumored to be 6'9 and he's like 6'8 so that would be around the Desmond wing Desmond Bain wingspan um so he's got short arms kind of a chubbier guy but boy can he fucking shoot and light it up I think that'd be good especially if um, Max Drews ends up walking. You have, or you end up getting rid of Duncan Robinson or something like that. You have a bona fide, just elite shooter, um, and someone that I think has the Heat mentality that you're looking for. I think that's a great fit for the Heat. I like that a lot. Golden State nineteen. I'm gonna go with Jaime Jaquez. This is where I originally had Derek Lively, and of course you and Letty. Decided to take him without Sorry. telling me, so that's cool. Uh, that's definitely it's not, not a draft happen. or anything. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. No, Derek Lively's probably going to go top five in reality. So we'll right. see. <laughs> He's no Mac right, Williams, so... but <laughs> dude, he might be Mac Williams. He's right there. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jaime Hawkins to Golden State. I think this again, you could maybe classify as a reach, but. I think the Warriors are looking to contend just like the Lakers were. It's it's similar to it's similar justification to that pick. They don't need to take a risk on a young guy. Um they can they can take a guy who's a little bit more experienced, a little bit older with Jaime. I think he hustles, he plays the game the right way, he doesn't make mistakes, and they they don't need like a guy to develop into a star right now. They need a guy who can come in and impact the game right away. So I think Jaime at this point in the draft probably has the best chance to do that for them. He's also got good size, so he doesn't need time to develop his body like a lot of young guys do. So I think he can hopefully come off the bench and give them some uh, good minutes this year. This is a great pick. He's, he's such a Warriors player, like just older, older, smart player coming out. um, Really a system guy. He needs to be in a good system. That's totally a Warriors draft pick right there. It's a great pick from you there. Um, my pick is for the Rockets. Um, this pick honestly most likely gets traded, but if it doesn't, the Rockets need a defensive orientated player that is gritty, coachable, and does not command the ball on defense or offense. Rather, they have a ton of guys that are going to be out for their own, um, trying to get as many shots up as possible. Uh, for the Rockets, I already had them picking Amen Thompson, so they have their offensive 
versatility covered from both ends, both shooting, um, athleticism, all that type of shit. Um, you're going to need a guy that can get coached under Ime and someone that you can put in as sort of, even though he's going to be a young guy, sort of the adult of the young guys, if you will, that you can kind of put in and be like, all right, go do the dirty work and you don't need to command the ball on offense. And to me, the forward Olivier Maxence Prosper out of Marquette does just that. Um, really, he's a defense first guy. He's an explosive athlete, so he can keep up with he can he can keep up with the proposed team of Amen Thompson, Jalen Green, um, Tari Eason, Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, you name it, and Kevin Porter Jr. Um, he has a really really quick first step. He moves super well. Um, I, I his he's just an athlete. Um, he's not like a super like he's not like a a great playmaker. He's a little sloppy. Um, he's not really going to be doing anything too crazy with his ball handling or creating his own shot like that. He's really just an intense defender, and he's an all right. He's a, like a solid catch and shoot guy. Um, from the three and in the mid range. Um, but yeah, he's got he's he's more of just a hustler. Um, with elite athleticism and versatility, and he just has the hustle gene in him. So I think he fits nicely as a complimentary player um, later in the draft for the other young guys on this Houston Rockets team. Yeah, anyone with that type of athleticism is kind of a higher upside pick. Do you think – why do you think Houston moves this, or is that like being reported? What's going on? No, I just think that they – it's like you. I, I, how many draft picks are you going to get at one point? Like they have their whole team is made up of picks from this True. season and last season. Like they need to consolidate at some point. And I think that yeah. the twentieth pick is a pick that good teams are going to be looking to kind of get in on. So I think um, it depends really on what the what ends up happening. Like I don't. I can see them going one of two ways. Like really rolling into the rebuild or trying to get as many good older players as they can under Ime and creating something. Um, so with if that's the case, then the, the 20th will get attached to someone and move down, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, Brooklyn at 21. I have them taking Nick Smith Jr. I think at this point with the guys we've yeah. drafted, I think Nick Smith is the best available. It's the Nets are at a place where they don't draft they they don't need to draft for fit at all. I think you, you take the pick on a guy who's a little bit raw in Nick Smith jr. He doesn't shoot it great, but he has great touch around the basket, a great handle. He has a ton of stuff that a lot of other players will never develop with speed. Um, just feel for the game ability to create shots for himself and that shooting part, I think you can develop. So I think that's kind of the, the route you take here is maybe getting a little bit of a younger guy, a little bit of a project who you need to develop, but that's totally fine for, for the Brooklyn Nets timeline. Yeah. So I had the exact same idea. Um, I said for them that the Nets are bad and with two picks back to back, why not take a swing on a player with big upside, but question marks surrounding them. And that player to me is Leonard Miller. I talked about him last year as like a secret guy that I thought could be, could slip in to the second round and be really, really solid or just like an interesting project. He's 6'9 with a 7'2 wingspan. Apparently, he grew to 6'10". Um, he's got strong, wide frame. He's extremely athletic. He's very young. He's 19 and a half. Um, he's he's kind of like 
he's one of those guys that w that played guard really young and then grew up to be really big. So he has the guard skills, but he's massive. Um, he's still trying to find himself, I think, and figure out what he's going into and getting used to his body. Um, he's not a great shooter at all. Um, he's, I don't know, he forces some shots. He's kind of, he's not an elite defender, but he has really, really high upside. And yeah, when you're working with a guy like Leonard Miller, who has the ball handling capabilities, but is 6'10", I mean, the sky's the limit. If he can, it's not like he's a terrible shooter. He's just not a great one. If he can get used to his body and get some shots going and get better at shooting, I think he's such an intriguing prospect. And um, I think it, it's worth the Nets taking a risk on him because like like we both said, I mean, these guys, like you picked best available. I picked a project guy. I mean, when you're back to when you're back to back like that, that's kind of what you do there as the Nets, I think. Yeah, I love it. Leonard Miller is like a prototype uh, body type for like an NBA wing. And yeah. we're seeing this type of player, the 6'9", 6'10", guy with the seven foot two wingspan get drafted a lot more. It reminds me of Herb Jones. Yes. Um, Trey Murphy. I don't know how tall Trey Murphy is. I don't know if he's that size. Around but there, yeah. It's it's It reminds me of those guys who are just the perfect build and athleticism and then you have to develop them offensively and if you do that then they become you know special and and really impactful players maybe even all-stars so I, I like it a lot Brooklyn is in a good direction I actually like where they're at sitting in this draft with back-to-back -back picks I think that's actually I don't know why I just think that's kind of cool you get back-to-back -back picks like no one's really no I, I like guy. that too I like that a lot yeah um and they already have obviously a good base with Bridges and Cam Johnson, so they they are going to be able to develop players for the long run and become a contender in the future. I think so. Good for Brooklyn. We'll see if they capitalize on this draft. Okay, I have Portland at twenty three. I'm going to take James Nanaji here. I think. Ooh, good pick. I think for Portland, it's weird because. I thought they were going to try to rebuild. If I were them, I would try to rebuild and move Dame and blow it up and draft like a really high upside project guy. And now it looks like they're trying to win now. So that's why I'm taking Nanaji. He is very young. He's only 19, but he's 6'10 with a 7'7 wingspan and the crazy defensive ability and versatility. So those guys can make an impact immediately. Defensive big men and freak athletes like, like that will always have a spot in the NBA. I know he's young. He's not going to give you much on offense, especially this first year. But if you're Portland and you're trying to contend, I think you go grab a big guy. And, and they need defense so bad in Portland. They don't need offense. Yeah, they got they got Anfermi. They've got Dame. They've got Shane Sharp. Um, also, he reminds me of Mark Williams. I know we already mentioned Mac, but dude, he he actually does. I mean, the dunking <laughs> ability, the limited offensive touch, how big he is. Uh, he does remind me of Mark Williams a lot as a prospect. Yeah. I like this pick a lot. Um, and then yeah, you love guys that are coming from overseas. Uh, he played from Barcelona, so that's a good team. Um, famously, Luca played played for them, so good team, good pick. Um, Kings are my pick. Uh, Kings really need someone who can take. Keegan Murray's spot because he's going to go cover for Harrison Barnes, who's most likely gone. So he's going to be taking a, on a bigger role. You're going to need someone to slide in and take his um, spot, which is good because Keegan Murray is fucking awesome. And I thought he really came alive later on in the playoffs and showed that he was worth the high pick. And I think he was taken like fifth last year and we were kind of low on that pick and we were dead wrong. Keegan Murray's a, a fucking good player. Um, and they could use more size on the wing, someone who's a good 3 and D guy, or they could use a backup for Domas Sabonis, uh, 
depending on what's available. Well, I think the perfect uh backup guy for Keegan Murray is his little brother Chris Murray, who is a left-handed Keegan Murray. Um, they're very similar players, except for Chris is left-handed, and they look identical. They play very similar. Um, I love Keegan Murray, and I think doing this to one get him to stay with your team long term because I think both of these guys are really good. I think Keegan's really good, and I think he's a guy that you want to stay on your team or keep on your team rather for a long time. Bringing in his little brother is a good idea, and I think he can step up and play the Keegan Murray spot that you're going to ultimately lose because Keegan Murray is stepping up to cover the Harrison Barnes spot. So I think it works out perfectly for both sides. Yeah, that would be really cool for those guys to play together, especially because they're so close in age. They could grow up. Yeah, and they look the exact and... same, too. Yeah, they do. Uh, Chris isn't as talented as Keegan. He's not no. as athletic, and he doesn't shoot it as well. He does shoot it very well, though, so... Uh, I don't know if they would do that because I just don't know if they need him. Like, I think it would be more to keep Keegan happy, and that's not out of the question at all, in my opinion. Chris is very good. I just, I don't know. It's you already have Keegan, so they play the exact same way. Yeah, um, I think it's more if you lose Harrison, if you know you're losing Harrison Barnes, he's kind of Harrison Barnesy. Yeah, but he's so young that he's not gonna be able to replace Barnes right away. Yeah, but yeah. maybe I don't know. Fair. Keegan Keegan stepped in very nicely. So Memphis, I'm going to go Bryce Sensabaugh here. And this is a guy. Uh, great pick. Bryce Sensabaugh could have gone way earlier. I, I was going to take him with the heat. I, I, if I had the heat, I would have taken him. Who'd you take yeah, with the heat? I took, um, I took Jet Howard just because he was really like the best shooter available. And I thought like they just needed shooting enough where if Jet's available, I think they grab him just because he was kind of he dropped too far i think yeah that's fair i had him on my board he's 18th going to the heat but then you passed on him but then all the other teams i just don't think he yeah. works on so he slid all the way down here and memphis it's still not a perfect fit but he's i think he has some of the highest scoring upside in this draft he can score from all levels he's going to he he's very NBA ready too, and Memphis is in a win now mode, so he can help and he can give your offense a boost. Not that Memphis really needs an offensive boost, but it's always nice to have extra points when some guys can't get it going. I think Sensabaugh yeah. is going to be in the league for a long time when you can when you can create for yourself and you can just be a scorer, just a bucket getter at all times. Um, yeah, I I think he's got a good career ahead of him. Yeah, I agree. I think I think he's. He's really fucking solid. I like him. He a shoots lot. it 40% from three, yeah. by the way. Yeah, he's he's fucking awesome. Uh he just scores at fucking will. Like he he just scores his ass off, and there's really nothing you can do about it. Um okay, so I want to take um Colby Jones here, the junior out of Xavier, but he's a wing, and the Pacers have so many wings um that are really good too, like Duarte, Nemhard. Um they've got Tyrese Halliburton, Neesmith, and Buddy Heald. So obviously they're relatively wing heavy, I'd say. Um, they really need like a power forward, um, kind of like backup center-ish type situation. Um, they have a ton of depth. They've been rumored to try and consolidate this pick along with either Neesmith or Buddy Heald for either a better player or pick. I expect this pick to be moved, but if it's not moved, they need a power forward at this spot. And as that, because that's the, really the only spot where they don't have um, like, a you know, a, a guy that they're really super excited about. Um, I think, yeah, Letty had them picking Cam Whitmore, who 
that's a great pickup for them because he's just so like you know ball dominant and um just Tyrese Halbert can facilitate the ball to him and he doesn't need to handle it so maybe like he doesn't pass so having not having him have the ball in his hands all the time but getting the ball facilitated to him is really interesting so I like the Cam Whitmore pick as your power forward so here I'm going to take a guy who is kind of like power forward center he's the size of a power forward but he plays center um, and that's Trace Jackson Davis out of Indiana I mean Good he goes to Indiana He's going to be getting drafted by Indiana, and I think he's kind of like Miles Turner insurance. Um, you know, he can learn under Miles Turner, maybe become a little bit more versatile. Um, yeah, he's just got he's the, he's the type of guy like I'm not a huge fan of guys like him just because I don't know when you're not the size of um, a center, but you are limited to kind of playing like a center. That's kind of where uh, you lose me. I mean, he's 6'8", but he has a 7'1 wingspan, which is massive. Huge lob threat. Good screener. Um, he's just a, like, he's a good po post scorer. But he plays really do... the right way, too. He's very experienced and like yeah. smart. Yeah. He's a really, he's a good playmaker. He can bring the ball up the floor to initiate stuff. Um, I mean, he's not, he's like, I, I'm not, I, I made it sound like he's a lot more limited than he is. He's not that limited. Um, but I, I think I think that there's room for improvement for him for sure. He's a great scorer. I mean, he's averaged he averaged 21 points in college for Indiana. He is versatile. Um, he's older. He's 23. Um, I I I I like him. Um, I mean, I think his on ball defense is pretty good too. Um, he's kind of he needs to get. He kind of reminds me of Sabonis, where it's like a little bit of an undersized center with. Um, he was really left handed focus. Like he's not super dynamic with either hand or with his right hand rather um he's usually only using his left hand um and he doesn't really shoot the ball great um and then yeah i just i'm not a huge undersized center guy but i mean there's centers that have been able to make it work and his player comp is or shades of is john collins and i'm a f relative fan of john collins so um i think that that's a nice fit for indiana especially that he's coming out of indiana so um i think that's an interesting pick for them and then adding him to Tyrese Halliburton, Cam Whitmore, Chris Duarte, um, Andrew Nemhard, you got something, and Miles Turner, you got a you got a fun core there. Yeah, that's a good pick. So I had so Indiana has the 29th pick as well. Yeah. Uh, no, they just my... they just traded that. Okay. Never to the mind Nuggets. That. It went it went to the Nuggets this morning at or this afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So yeah. my I was I was out of date on that because I had uh I had them taking him at 29. And I had Chris Murray going to them at twenty six. Oh yeah, I mean that would. I, I think that both work. Both of that works. Yeah, I like. I'm a big fan of Trace Jackson Davis. He's just old as shit, so he's not yeah. gonna develop that's why, that much. That's he's why pretty I'm much like what you're drafting, like what you watch in college, is the guy you're getting, and he dominated in college. Yeah, I think he's gonna be a good rotational big guy, but he's not gonna develop into like some star or or, or some I don't know super yeah. high upside guy. I just don't love the um. The small centers. I'm not a big small center guy, but he's positionally versatile. Maybe you can move him up to power forward. That's a lot more palatable for me. In my opinion, if you're a small center in the NBA, you have to be freaky athletic. Yeah, Robert Williams athletic, freaky. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's next level jumping, leaping ability athletic. He's a good yeah. athlete, but he's not Robert Williams. Yes. Uh, okay. I have. Who do I have? Charlotte the Hornets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Charlotte at 27. I got Derek Whitehead 
the Duke yeah, kid. That's a great pick. This is a, another guy that I think could have gone so much earlier. This is the guy I was debating between Jordan Hawkins for the Lakers with. I think the Lakers very realistically could take Derek Whitehead because he shoots the ball 42% from three. And he's 6'6". He has good size. He can play defense. He doesn't handle it a ton. He didn't have to handle it a ton at Duke, so maybe he needs to work on that a little bit. Maybe he needs to work on his shot creation a little bit. Coming out of high school, he was a... I think he might have been the number one prospect. I know he was like top five. And he he had an injury for a lot of the season at Duke, but he was still able to come back from it and produce. He had a huge tournament for them and just became one of the best knockdown shooters in college basketball. So I think this is a guy who you could see go way earlier than this, but I do like Charlotte taking him here. Cause I think he does have that high upside and yeah, I, I, this is to me by far the best available player at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, okay. So I'm with the jazz again, as I mentioned like six times now, cause they have a ridiculous amount of picks they're drafting best available. Um, best available to me is Colby Jones out of Xavier. He's a little bit older. He's 21, um, 6'5", uh, 199 pounds, 6'8", wingspan. He averaged 15 points per game in college. Shot the ball, the ball pretty well, 37.8% from three. Um, he's He's got a nice floater. He's a good pull-up and catch-and-shoot um, guy. He's got, he's got like really intense hustle, which I like a lot. Um, he's just like a good connective piece, a good versatile defender. I think he fits in well with... Um, anything you're really trying to do. I don't, I don't think he's like super dynamic, so he's not going to take away anything. Um, he's not going to command the ball. He's one of those guys that you can, he's like a plug and play guy and he's a great connective piece for any team. And I think it's time for him to get off this board because I, I mean, he's, he's dropping here and he's a really good talent. And I think um, the jazz can scoop him up. And he's one of those guys that maybe teams that um, missed out on him in the draft or, didn't have picks in the first round we'll call the jazz about um and in that case they can kind of you know move on from him or they can keep him and build around him but um personally I, I i wish he went to like i hope he goes to an older team um because i think he's one of those guys that is since he is older and he's a connective piece like he is i think going to a, an older more reliable team like a warriors a heat celtics whatever he fits in really nicely and can play really well with them but i think to the jazz it's a good pick yeah, I like it. He probably fell too far. I don't know if he'll go this late, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, he fell, realistically, he only fell like five-ish picks behind where he sh- probably should have gone. Yeah. All right, so my pick is Denver. I originally thought it was Indiana, and if this was Indiana, I would go a very, very different route here, but I'm going to take kind of a gamble on a guy in Andre Jackson Jr. out of UConn for the Nuggets. He is maybe one of the best defenders in this draft, at least the best um, perimeter, one of the best perimeter defenders. And he doesn't give you much scoring. He's just a hustle guy, a chemistry guy. He will run through a wall for you. And he's super athletic too. He's great in transition. I think this is a perfect fit for the Nuggets who they could be losing Bruce Brown. So that's a role player that you might be needing to replace. He reminds me a lot of Christian Brown, who was big for the Nuggets in spots in the playoffs this year. He was also a rookie. Defense translates. There's a lot of guys in the the draft who you're going to have to develop their offense a lot. And Andre Jackson is one of those guys. But 
with that said, his defense is already NBA level and beyond a lot of guys in the NBA. He's going to be an impactful defender whenever he's on the court. So he's already 21 and a half years old. He's 6'6 with a 6'10 wingspan. I think he's a perfect fit for a team who's looking to repeat and go back-to-back championships. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting pick, and I really like it a lot because you don't need to. You can take guys like him, and I think he's kind of one of he's one of those guys that he's been in huge moments. He won a championship, and mm-hmm. I think you plug him in, sort of like a Christian Brown, like just kind of plug him in, and he does a lot of things right. And actually, wow, yeah, Christian Brown won a championship at Kansas too. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, and a bunch in high school too. I I think I think that's a guy that they're gonna look to get. I I feel like they traded into this to get a guy with a specific or they had a specific intention to get someone. And I do think it might be this guy, even though he might've dropped to the second round. Um, It seems like they're losing Bruce Brown. So they're trying to get players that'll fill in for him. Um, Okay. My final pick uh, was 30 to the Clippers, but it's now going rerouted to the wizards via a trade that the Celtics made today, which we're going to talk about before we go. Um, It's number 30 wizards are just drafting best available at this point. The problem with this is they're the best available is a bunch. This draft kind of drops off. Not going to lie to you, there's not like a ton of great guys at this point. Um, a lot of them. I do think I think we're going to say that, and someone's going to develop their offense. Like someone who's yeah, a that, really that good happens athlete. every year. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I think like guys that I'm looking at, like there's Brandon Pujemski, uh from Santa Clara, and like you have questions about him because he played at Santa Clara. So it's like I know. Eh, um, do you? I don't know. Jalen Williams. Jalen, I was just gonna say, I know Jalen Williams did it, and he looked great. But I, I, I liked Jalen Williams a lot more. And I mean, yeah, I'm not. Brandon Pushemski is not is kind of not my type of player because he's little D'Angelo Russell-y, and that's uh, just not the cup of tea that I like. Um, and then you have guys like, um, City Shisoko from the G League. He's kind of raw. He doesn't do anything great. Um, other than defense, he is really good defensively, but he, there's nothing like super spectacular about him that drops off the page, jumps off the page rather. And then you have Maxwell Lewis out of Pepperdine again, like he's interesting. He's got a high floor, um, but he played at Pepperdine. So you got questions about, you know, again, like the quality of competition and then Ben Shepard out of Belmont. I mean, um, same thing, but I'm going to take Maxwell Lewis here. I, I think he's got, he's kind of got a high floor, so when you're drafting best available, I mean, he might not be the best available, but he's got the highest floor of all the guys available. Maybe it should be Brandon Pochamski here, but I like, I'm like i more of a Maxwell Lewis guy. Um, he's just a good 3 and D prospect, and um, he's worth taking a shot on if you're if you're the Wizards right now. I mean, what what, what are you going to be worse? Like, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. And if you are worse, <laughs> uh, that's what you want to be. So, yeah, I, I say fuck it and take Maxwell Lewis. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I do think I didn't realize Pojemski shot 43.8% from three. Yeah, that's a that's, crazy number. That is a crazy number. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a Pojemski guy. I watched him. I watched his his highlights and he looks he looks good, but he's just not he's just not my type of player. You know what I like and he's not he's not really yeah. what I like. Um he's, he's a volume shooter, so. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh re quick re really quick rather. Let's run through um, the picks. So one is Victor Wembanyama. Two, Hornets select Scoot Henderson. Three, the Trailblazers select Brandon Miller. Four, the Rockets select Amen Thompson. Five, the Pistons select Taylor Hendricks. Six, the Magic select Osar Thompson. 
Seven, the Pacers select Cam Whitmore. Eight, the Wizards select Kobe Bufkin. Kobe Bufkin. I don't know why I said Kobe like the beef. Jazz <laughs> at number nine select Anthony Black. The Mavericks at number 10 select Grady Dick. The Magic at number 11 select Noah Clowney. The Thunder at number 12 select Bilal Koulibaly. Uh, the Raptors at 13 select Kaysan Wallace. The Pelicans at 14 select Derek Lively the second. The Hawks at 15 select Jairus Walker. Keontae George goes to the Jazz at 16. Jordan Hawkins goes to the Lakers at 17. The Heat grab Jet Howard at 18. The Warriors grab Jaime Hawkes Jr. at 19. The Rockets get Olivier Maxence Prosper um, at 20. The Nets get Nick Smith Jr. at 21 and Leonard Miller at 22. The Trailblazers select James and Naji at 23. The Kings grab Chris Murray at 24. The Grizzlies grab Bryce Sensabaugh at 25. The Pacers get Trace Jackson Davis at 26. The Hornets get Derek Whitehead at 27. The Jazz get Colby Jones at 28. The Nuggets get Andre Jackson Jr. at 29. And the Clippers get Maxwell Lewis at 30. So, real quick, before I let you go, let's talk about the Celtics, Clippers, and Wizards trade that went down. Well, hasn't actually gone down yet, but is confirmed, but isn't confirmed. Uh, it's in arbitration, it's going I down. think. It's going down, I think. Um. And we actually don't even really know the full extent of it, but for what we can tell, it's Malcolm Brogdon po- to the Clippers, possibly Danilo to the Wizards, I saw later, but I don't know for sure. And then um, pick 30 to the Wizards from the Clippers, Marcus Morris and cash considerations to the Wizards, and Malcolm, uh, wait, yeah, that's, and then, oh, Kristaps Porzingis to the Celtics. So, I'll let you go, Jordan. What do you feel about this trade? First of all, is this our is this our time to talk about this, or are we going to do a full pod on this? Because I that's... we're going to do a full pod when it's official and all the stuff is out. But for now, let's just do a quick, just okay. to acknowledge that it happened because the pod's going to be coming out, and I think people want to know that we know that it happened. <laughs> we definitely know that it happened. My quick reaction is I like it. I don't love it. I think the Celtics' biggest problem was playmaking. I think Marcus Smart was not good enough as a point guard and as a main ball handler and facilitator. I think it, it, we we had the hope that he was when we had Ime here and he was playmaking very well, but we just didn't see it this year. And I, I thought that our big move would be to go out and get a guy who could slow us down and make better decisions than Smart and handle the ball. Instead, we trade Brogdon, who was very good for us, but I do admit it was a little redundant having Smart, Brogdon, White, Jalen, Tatum, all these guys need the ball in their hands in order to be impactful and in order to score. So I get why we traded him for Porzingis, who gives us much, much needed uh, a big man. And I love Horford. I love Rob. Horford's aging super fast, and Rob can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the court, so... I like Porzingis. Um, he shoots the shit out of the ball. He can roll to the rim. He's solid on defense. I really like what he brings. I just think the Celtics are are still incomplete. Yeah, I like the trade. I don't like what we traded away. I wanted to keep Brogdon, get rid of Smart. Um, if it's Brogdon and Danilo, I don't like that because both those guys wanted to be Celtics for a long, long time, and they finally got the opportunity to, and they get uh, traded away after a year. I don't like doing that. Um, I'd rather trade Smart and Danilo if I had to make a trade at all. Um, 
for Chris Stapps. Um, but I mean, we gave away like nothing for a really good guy in Chris Stapps Porzingis. So it was a really good move by Brad Stevens. Um, I hope what ends up happening is that we sign Chris Paul somehow if he gets bought out. Um, and then trade Grant Williams for Josh Green from the Mavericks. I hope that's what happens. Don't think it does though. Josh Josh Green, huh? That's our big I move. fucking love him. I fucking love him. <laughs> he's good, but I mean ball he's of not. fucking energy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm exhausted. We've done a lot of draft work today. Um, I'm so excited for tomorrow. I hope more trades happen. I hope a bunch of draft stuff happens. I hope the Hornets fucking take Scoo Henderson. I know they're not going to, but I hope they do. Um I hope a bunch of shit happens. I hope the Celtics don't take Gigi Jackson. I'll tell you that much. I'm not. I'm out on him. How do you, do you have any thoughts on Gigi Jackson? I didn't even scout him because he wasn't on. He wasn't on my radar. <laughs> Here's your scouting report. He was really sick in high school. He fucking got gets to college and he sucks ass and then goes online oh, nice. and blames blames it on his coach and then gets caught smoking, uh, smoking fucking weed and um during a draft workout or something. Doesn't sound like a Celtic to me. Exactly. So <laughs> the green is for bleeding and the Celtics, not for marijuana. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyways, wow, we sound old for that. Um, anyways, yeah, so that's going to do it for us here at the Lubcast. Thank you very much for listening. We're excited for the draft. We're going to have emergency podcasts if needed. Um, we're going to have reactions. We're going to have who won the draft, who lost the draft. We have a bunch of stuff coming, so stay tuned for that. Um, our 100th episode is coming up very quickly, so stay tuned for that as well. Thank you all for listening. Big things are coming. Peace.